0: All right, this is the final hour of the Fan Morning Show. Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Baby Friday, Maple Leafs game five tonight. Justin and I in the building. Going to feel the rumble of Bay Street below our feet. Maple Leafs hopefully get on the board first. Look you, a little poetry. Oh, yeah? 8 a.m. Poet, and I didn't even know it.
1: <laughs> hey, stop while you're ahead. <laughs>
0: Fired up this morning uh, because we got a really great guest joining us. The Insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonvalleyNorthLexus.com. It's Bruce Boudreau, former NHL head coach, Jack Adams Award winner, and currently an NHL network analyst. Bruce, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's a pleasure um for us for sure because we love chatting with you, get to catch up with you every couple months and uh we love watching you on T V now big the big celebrity on the on this on the screen. Oh.
1: <laughs> Always a celebrity.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I try to I try to get them to blank out my picture when they're talking to me just so we can keep the ratings good. Let them look at Jackie. <laughs>
0: uh, well, I wanted to ask you about superstition because we've we've asked our, our listeners to send in some texts about how they're going to view tonight's game because it is a, an opportunity for the Maple Leafs to win four in a row. The vibes have been pretty great. But, you know, Leaf fans have had a tortured past. Is there something that they're doing tonight to make sure the vibes continue? And I wonder, as a coach, if you ever had any game day superstitions or anything that you had to do when the team was doing well or you needed to reverse the vibe um, of the team, was there anything that you did that was a little superstitious?
2: Oh, I pretty well did everything. Um, (laughs) If we won, if we were winning or things were going good, it would uh, wear the same uh, suit or not at least the same time, and uh, always took the same uh, road in. Mm-hmm. Uh, always had the same meal. Always would have uh, go to sleep for the afternoon nap uh, the same time. Uh, listen to the same music before you uh, went to the rink. And if uh, if uh, you were losing, it was totally the opposite. <laughs> different way to the rink, different meal, different different suit, different everything, and try to get all those bad vibes out of the way. So, I mean, uh, I don't know if all hockey players are super. All other, uh, not necessarily hockey players, all other other athletes are so superstitious, but I know I was very. So that's, and who knows? If it made my mind feel better Mm -hmm. by doing it, I did it. I know it makes no sense, but that's what we do. What about
1: changing a winning lineup, Bruce? I mean, that's something that Sheldon, that's a consideration Sheldon Keefe had to deal with uh, over the last few days because Michael Bunting, of course, came off suspension. And I don't know if it's a superstitious thing. I don't know if it's a, hey, we don't trust Michael Bunting right now thing. I don't know if it's a matchups thing. I don't know what went into the decision, but if it's superstition, I mean, maybe he subscribes to the, you do not change a winning lineup. Did you ever change a winning lineup being a superstitious guy yourself?
2: You know, it all depends on who really is hurt. I gotta believe that Boston Matthews was the one that missed three games, and he was ready to play. They're playing them no matter what, whether they won all the games uh, or not. Uh, uh, Michael Bunting is is just in that tier below, and the team has done pretty well. Maybe they've realized uh, that uh, you know they need a different player like Matthew Nye's rather than. Uh, bunting. They're scoring goals. So, I mean, um, goals isn't the answer. So uh, isn't the need, but maybe defending and and not taking penalties is, is something that they need. I have no idea, but I mean, uh, uh, what they're thinking. But um, as far as changing winning lineups, uh, I think you every game is reassessed and you go with what you think is the best lineup. Now, usually, the game before, if you won, that's usually what comes in your mind as the best lineup, and you don't want to change it. So uh, it's it's a difficult decision because Bunting's been there all year and has been a real good player for them. But at the same time, they've won the last three with Matthew in since Bunting went out. So, I mean, I, they, they've got a little bit of room to give, even though I know in Toronto they don't want to give any room at all because bad things seem to happen when they, they lighten up a little bit. But uh, I would probably go with the same lineup tonight, and if they lose, then I'll be. And then in Tampa, I would put uh, Bunting back in.
0: As a head coach, how how difficult would that conversation have been with a guy that doesn't have a suspension history um, but made a a mistake early on in the series and had to pay for it with three games up in the press box? And he's a guy that is a local kid that has really won the hearts over of a lot of Leafs over his his short career here. Um, How hard would it have been to have to sit down and say, you know what, I I know you've been up there for a while, but now you're going to have to sit at least one more game and hopefully we win it and get you in the series for round two?
2: Well, first of all, I would hope uh, it's a tough decision. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then you know, it's a tough conversation. Let's, especially if you care about players and you care about your team, and and uh, you know, a, as you like the guys, they're tough. But you know, you got to sit back as the coach as the decision maker and say, I got to do what I think in my mind is the right thing, not what everybody else does, uh, what everybody else thinks. So, I mean, that's a tough tough conversation. I've had to have them with many players that I didn't want to have them and you walk back and forth and you think about them all day and then you end up having them. But on the other hand, I would think if I was the player that, the, the, that they're talking to, I would understand uh, I want to play and I'd probably be mad because I want to play and I want to be part of this and I've been part of it for a long time now. But In the end, when he's sitting by himself, he'd say, "Okay, I can see his points. And now I'll practice really hard and I'll be ready to play uh, because there's a chance that I know there's I'm going to get into a game soon, whether they win the series tonight uh, or whether they lose and they have to play again in Tampa that he knows he's going to get back in. At some point, he'll get to, get a chance to prove himself.
1: It's often framed as like a good problem when you have too many forwards. You have thirteen real options, but in this case, it kind of feels like a coach's nightmare, like need, needless stress that you didn't want to have to deal with because you had to make that decision. And it wasn't a decision between Bunting and Nyes, but Nyes did take his spot, and he's obviously earned his opportunity to continue playing. But when you're a coach, and clearly someone isn't up on systems, hasn't like felt what it feels like to be a Maple Leaf or an NHL player for a prolonged period of time. How does a coach help balance the obvious talent and the greenness of a young player, and especially as you evaluate Matthew Nice?
2: Well, I think he's watched him play for three games, and uh, uh, I think everybody would admit he's gotten a little bit better every game, and he's feeling more comfortable all the time. It's not like he hasn't been playing. He just finished playing last week, um, you know, uh, so it's that's that's how you do it. I mean, it's it's tough because you want to be loyal to your players and uh, you care about the players that have been there. But at the same time, I think this big matzo ball that's hanging over the Leafs' head, they want to get rid of that too. So, I mean, uh, they want to do whatever they can to, to win the series. And it's tough decisions, but the coach has to make them.
0: The addition of Ryan O'Reilly has certainly uh, invigorated this team. His leadership ability and obviously his on ice presence, and the way he's just been able to—it feels like—just be the glue guy um, when times are tough. How does adding a player of that caliber, a proven winner, Conn Smythe guy, and it seems like a, a beloved guy in general, make a coach's job easier when times get tough here in the playoffs?
2: Well, I mean, he looks like a very to to uh, coaches he was in St. Louis anyway. A very trustworthy player so coaches love those kind of guys because they can play him at the wing they can kill him in penalties put him out on face-offs put him in defensive situations and I mean automatically uh, you know you know you've got somebody that you can trust and that's uh, it seems to me that that's the, the case right now with Ryan is is uh, um, the coach has somebody he can trust and Situation he wants and that's you know that's great and he's earned it I mean uh he's a tough player to play against I can tell you that from first-hand knowledge I mean he's always churning and working and um doing you know doing the right things it seems I mean his year in St. Louis wasn't very good but this was the first year in St. Louis that everybody's year wasn't very good so I mean uh you can give the guy a, a Uh, A break on that one, but he's a really good player, and you put him on the wing, he's going to excel. You put him at center, he's going to excel. And as a third-line center, the Leafs have a total advantage on most teams when he's on the ice.
1: From a preparation standpoint, what's the challenge for a coach when your team is up three-one or three-nothing with a chance to send an opponent home? I know this isn't the a normal three-one scenario. I think you put it. There's a matzo ball hanging over the Leafs' head right now in the organization's head, um, so it is different. But it's three-one, and it's different than being up against the wall and facing elimination or three-three uh, in a game seven. What is the challenge three-one? for a coach and making sure that you're not being complacent, that you are treating it like a do or die scenario.
2: Well, first of all, if you have to worry about the Leafs being complacent, then you're in bigger trouble than you think right now. Uh, They know that they could very easily be down three, one, and they don't want to give any momentum uh, to Tampa. Plus they've been watching all these other playoff games. Who would have thought that Florida goes in and beats uh, beats Boston last night? Who would have thought Seattle is going into Colorado and beating Colorado? The road teams have had uh, an exceptional run this year in the playoffs. All of these signs are there. If I was the Leafs, I'd be treating this like Game 7, and then the next game, if there is one, like Game 7. But you don't want the momentum the wrong way because then you start thinking, oh, here we go again. So, to me, it tonight you put your foot on their throats and and you want to exterminate them tonight. You don't want this thing going on any longer. You don't want the angst in your don't want the angst in the fans' minds lines going on any longer. You're doing whatever you can to treat this like this is the game. We're gonna come out a hundred miles an hour out of the gate. Hopefully we can make them quit.
1: Extermination. I like that. Put that on the wall of the dressing room. I think that that works pretty good. Yeah, you nailed it. I mean, the Leafs understand or should understand that, hey, this could be 3-1 the other way. So I'll ask you about the Tampa side of things when it comes to how the series has gone and where they sit right now with the Leafs being up 3-1. Like, you know and you understand that you dominated two games, but you lost those games. How does that affect the mental standpoint when you're the Tampa Bay Lightning?
2: Well, I mean, I think they think they know they can beat them. They've been the better team three times out of four. And um, I think <clears throat> they just they just got to, you know, go out with that mindset. Like, I mean, I've been down 3-1 in series before, and you you win and you, you, know, you sort of just, whether it's home or in the road, you say, let's just win this one game. You know we're going to win back home. We're not going to lose three in a row or back home. And then in game seven, We'll let everything fall where they may uh, and and go that way. So you try to make it as little a task as possible. Even though it's a big task, winning three in a row, you just try to eliminate the, the fact that it is a tough task and all we have to do is win tonight. If we win tonight, then we're, the, we're going to be in the driver's seat because we'll win the next one, and then it's game seven. You know what happens in game seven
0: speak with Bruce Boudreaux, former NHL head coach, Jack Adams award winner and current NHL network analyst. Now we've seen some really great moments of uh, unsung heroes, maybe coming up big, obviously Alex Kerfoot with the OT winner and Morgan Riley's had a really great playoff performance. And even Matthew Nyes, who's a college kid has come in and really impressed Leafs nation. So does it matter who gets those big moments in the playoffs? Like, is there an extra invigoration when you see a guy that's lower in the lineup, get it a big opportunity or is tonight, all about like the core four really putting a staple on this game. Does it? Does it? Does it matter who gets the big moments when you look at the team chemistry and, and how much that could you know propel a team to the second round?
2: Nobody cares who who gets the glory. I mean, if you're a good team, the team gets the glory no matter what happens. Um, uh, the core four usually play more and they've got a better opportunity to get it. But we've seen through history that that's not the guys that usually end up uh, winning the game for you. I mean, I can go right back to 50-some years or 60 years and Bobby Bond was not a uh, a real uh, mainstay of scoring for the Leafs when he beat Detroit in double overtime with a broken leg. Or you can go back to any time you've seen young guys uh, come in and and score that winning goal. Nobody cares. Nobody cares at all who scores it. If it's Austin Matthews or you know Justin Hall or Luke Shed, they're going to get the same reaction from the bench, jumping over the boards and and, and crowding the, the the player that scores, and everybody will be happy. Tonight is all about winning, and if you if you're a guy that uh, um, thinks that it that has to be you or you have to get the ice time to win and you're not happy, but when you win, then you've got the wrong guy in that wrong spot, and I don't think the have any of those guys
1: yeah, I think we just apply our own narratives to that, right? And I'm sure you've uh, you know seen and witnessed that as a head coach. If Matthews doesn't score that goal, well, how would they come back without their leader? And if Kerfoot doesn't, get like at Kerfoot, it's more important because what a well-liked guy in the room mm-hmm. and someone who's been working hard all season, finally rewarded, and I guess it's, rally just, behind it's just better for our narratives than uh, really anything else <laughs> because it's just about celebrating uh, in the end. Uh, when you look at the Series 4 games so far, of course, three victories for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Has anything really surprised you when you look at how these games have been played?
2: Well, the biggest surprise for me is the lack of ability for Vasilevsky to stop the shots. I mean, I mean, if you look at his save percentage and his goals against average, I mean, this is so unlike him. And either the Leafs are in his head or he's there's something wrong with him or he's just not seeing the puck as well. But I mean... I think he's averaging four-and-a-half goals against. And, I mean, his save percentage is about 850, and you can't win games with that, Mm -hmm. especially in the playoffs. And I think that's the biggest surprise totally. I mean, and in past years, when the uh, Tampa Bay got ahead, they knew how to lock it down and shut you down. And, I mean, uh, uh, who knows how much effect that comeback by the Leafs the other night has had on their mental uh, prowess. Um, it might have doomed them or it might have made them stronger. But either way, uh, it's it's a surprise, I think, to everybody that's that watches hockey that that's
0: Uh, Bruce, last one for you before we let you go. Um, Let's say you're going into that locker room tonight. Maple Leafs have the opportunity to do something that, you know, the fan base has been waiting for for a long time, and a lot of those players have been as well. What's your motivational tactic? Is it to tap the believe sign? Is it to uh, get the team fired up with a little rah, rah, rah chant? Or do you leave that to the leadership group to to ignite them from within because they know what they need to do to perform? What's the head coach's role in that locker room before they step out on the ice?
2: Well, every head coach is different. There's no doubt. I mean, uh, uh, I would probably be a little more of on the emotional side. Mm-hmm. I mean, because that's what I'm like. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, and and, but I, every coach has got his own personality. Is what he's got to use. But I mean, the message is going to be the same. Let's start on time. Let's start from the get-go. If you look at some of these teams, and I'll take Seattle as an example you look at them in the first period, they're going just as hard in the third period as they are in the first period. But if you step on that gas, let's not run out of gas. Let's just keep going. Keep going. Play unselfishly. Do the things you have to do to win and pay the price. And, I mean, that's basically the message. But how you give, deliver the message at each coach is different.
0: Well, we'll record that. We'll pump it through uh, the Scotiabank Arena speakers, and then they'll take what they can uh, from your motivational speech. We appreciate you joining us this morning. It's been a pleasure. Um, we're looking forward to hearing you for the rest of the playoffs, and hopefully we get a chance to talk down the road. Sounds great. Look forward to it. Thanks so much, Bruce. That's Bruce Boudreaux, former NHL head coach and current NHL network analyst, of course, and our insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit com.
1: Big old matzo ball hanging over things. I love that. You ever never, had a matzo ball? I don't know what that. a matzo ball is. I've had a matzo ball. What like is a it? a matzo ball soup. What is it?
0: Um, I would think that it's like...
1: uh like custardy No,
0: no, 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 no. It's it's a traditional, I believe, Jewish meal, like a soup dumpling type meal. Um oh, like a dumpling. That yeah, it's like sense. a big ball, it's like a matzo ball. And I don't know what it's made out of, but it's going to be some sort of, like, starch that's, like, combined together. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening. They're like, how do you not know how to make a matzo ball? Well, I haven't personally made one. I've never even seen a matzo ball. It's like a traditional meal. Like, it's a big ball in a soup. All right. Just hanging over the maple leaves. It's a matzo ball. Here we go. What is a matzo ball? Just Googled
1: it. (laughs) It's time to remove that (laughs) matzo ball from the equation.
0: It's good. It's, it's like, yummy. I've had many of them. Uh, maybe I'll, maybe. I'll, make, I'll t- make you one tonight. We're talking about
1: superstitions maybe, <laughs> superstitions. maybe to remove. Sup- oh, there you go. The soup superstition. Soup should be crushing a little matzo ball soup.
0: Let me read you a couple of the superstitions that folks have in the text line at 595.90. We're asking you how you're doing your part. To will the Maple Leafs into winning tonight, four in a row. Is there some sort of vibe that you're continuing with? Um, here's Adam from Cordis. It's a very cute one. My daughter, Shar, has a little Cujo jersey. When she puts it on, we win. I didn't get her to wear it in game one, and we lost. She wore it games two, three, and four, and we've won. She also wore her little Bengals outfit two playoffs ago and took my Bengals to the Super Bowl. It didn't fit her this year. Charlotte has the juju when she goes deep, I put the little when she goes to sleep, sorry, um I put the little jersey beside me on the couch, Adam from cortis
1: okay that's that, I mean, is that adorable. sounds powerful that sounds powerful
0: very sweet um here's Brian, the supply teacher in Orangeville, headed to Shelburne to teach. My son has an interesting thing happened to him over the last two comeback wins. Every time he's left the room while the Leafs were down, the team has scored. So tonight I'm not putting up the snacks on the table in front of the TV like usual. I'm leaving everything in individual small bowls in the fridge so he has to get up and leave multiple times and leave the room to eat because he's 16-year-old. He can't go without food for more than 10 minutes at a time.
1: <laughs> I was going to say uh, pick up a barricade and bring it home with you. But if he's 16, I guess he could probably just step over that.
0: Dave in Stratford says, my Leaf superstition is to never, ever wear any Leaf gear at all on Leaf game days. Also, if the game is not aging well, I put some, the same Leaf gear, the Leaf game on a different channel just to change up the juju. Tonight, they seal the deal. All smiles on tomorrow's show. Dave in Stratford.
1: Okay, Ontario to East. Easy.
0: Um, Jill and PEI. So far, each time they've won, I've placed a bet on Tampa to win. I've been losing money, but for them to win. Happiness it's hedge. the happiness hedge, Jill,
1: and the happiness hedge is a glorious one tonight. right now. Plus <laughs> eleven hundred. Last time I saw it, like Leafs in a win-win scenario, not not a win-win, like a win and we'll be we will survive. We'll just take our consolation prize scenario.
0: Tony, a diehard fan for fifty-seven years, I have a replica nineteen sixty-seven cup ring. I wear it on my right hand when they play at home and my left hand when they play on the road. Okay, that's, that that's is superstitious. <laughs> righty. I love, love that one. Kaylin from Hamilton. Leafs have lost or have been losing every time I wear my Bieber flip side re- reverse jersey this series. But every time I take it off, they win. I'll burn my overpriced jersey if it means breaking through the drought. Ooh.
1: Wow. Just no, just stick with the routine and then w- wait for the fire because there's more, there's more
0: than just a first round, right? Mm-hmm. That shouldn't be the lone objective. But I think with the flip side jersey, maybe just flip the jersey. Maybe the other side is the lucky side.
1: Maybe. Maybe you're trying to f- still figure out how this is working, how the, uh, the powers are affecting the jersey, this or one, the jersey is affecting the there's game. There's
0: something rather. There's something there. This is an interesting text, so stick with me. I work in landscaping. I'm in great shape, but the following accidental ritual is both embarrassing and now necessary. Covered in brick dust and cement coming home from game two, I quickly started undressing from my work clothes as the game had started. The leaves began to dominate. I then realized I was celebrating in my boxers. Game three, we were losing, and I started to undress and go to bed. In my boxers, Ryan O'Reilly ties it, and we win it overtime. Game four, down 4-1, the same thing. I begin to go to bed, give up. I'm up at 5 a.m. My boxers, it was the greatest comeback. Boxers for game five. Sorry, not sorry.
1: I <laughs> like how we prefaced it, assuming it's a he, with uh, I'm in great shape. Like, it's I'm not being like... <laughs> I'm, it's, this is not a bad visual. Is basically what he was trying to put I'm out there. I'm in good shape.
0: Yeah. Trust me. <laughs> uh, one last one. This is pretty. This is pretty dedicated. Mm. My name is Austin, not Matthews. I'm a Leaf fan in Boston for school. Flying home today for Game Five. Then Ooh, taking that's a switching five. The vibe, bud. Okay, but just okay. These, the dedicated fan. I'm a Leaf fan in Boston flying home for game five. Then taking a 5 a.m. flight for a final exam tomorrow morning. Superstitious as I always come home and they win, so I have to risk missing my exam for Leaf's win. Okay,
1: that, that's the ultimate. That's the ultimate.
0: School less important than a Leaf's win, Austin. Also, trust me.
1: <laughs> plane ticket to just turn around and go back to the airport?
0: But he is dedicated fan. Uh, we'll take some more on the other side of the break. So send them in at five ninety five ninety, And if you have a wake and rake pick as well, we can do that. We're going to preview game five. What does a win mean for us? But who does it mean the most for? We're going to do a little power ranking. Mm. Game five tonight, Leafs lightning, 7 p.m. puck drop. Let's preview that on the other side of the break on the Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.
2: Everything you need to know about the Blue Jays, Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Woo! It's Baby Friday. We're headed out the door shortly to wait patiently to enter the building tonight. We're going to watch Maple Leafs Game 5. Justin and I press row a couple professionals up there.
1: What's your plan for the day? Talking about superstitions, not that it has to be all superstition, but you got know. some time I, to kill.
0: I uh, just kept my day like relatively normal. not going to do too much different. Probably hit the gym a couple of times because of the 10 couple loony times. dogs.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you? Uh, how was the rest of yesterday? I think that was an underrated storyline. Everything's cool? Everything's good. No I
0: people tweet me the weirdest things like, I'm good. Thanks. I'm
1: okay. Yeah. I should yeah. move on Wait, from digestive good, talk. Like,
0: Nobody needs to know about my digestive
1: system. We've been, uh, it was pretty embarrassing, actually, reflecting on our matzo ball talk. Yeah. Like, listen, I, I'm not, I'd never had it before. So I frankly am, am clearly ignorant to the matzo ball soup. <laughs> but we <laughs> asked ourselves, what's a matzo ball made of? And the answer, our text line points out, is matza. Yeah,
0: the matzo. response was, matzo ball soup is made out of dot, 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 matzo.
1: You morons. I made that last part
0: up. Yeah, they were very polite about it, but yes. We'll get you some of that, Justin. It's quite delicious. Yeah, we'll have to try it. Matzo ball hanging over hey, the Maple if Leafs they win,
1: If they win this series, we're going to get some matzo we'll balls. We'll get
0: some too. matzo balls. There you go. There you go. Okay. In honor of Bruce Boudreaux. In honor of Bruce, there it is. So, game five tonight, Leafs lightning. A lot at stake. We don't even need to go through it. But a lot can be gained from a Maple Leaf win. And you have power-ranked some of the people or organizations or areas of the city that might benefit the most from a Maple Leafs win. And Ten I'd like to deep hear that. List ten, of ten. What, do you think we're hosting a show for six hours? Ten
1: individuals with which it means the most to if the Maple Leafs do in fact get this victory, even get it in game six, seven. Still means a lot.
0: Are you going to go from top to bottom? or
1: Let's go top suspense? to bottom. The okay. number one. Do you have a guess the number one person this means the most to?
0: Kyle Dubas. No. Chris Cuthbert. No. Justin Cuthbert. No. MLSE.
1: They're... Rogers. That's not a person. That's an organization. John it, it means the most to Sheldon Keefe. It means the most to Sheldon Keefe because, frankly, he's the only one who's not going to be working in the NHL next year if they lose, right? Like, that's 100% true. Sheldon Keefe cannot survive another first-round loss. I don't even know if Sheldon Keefe can survive a second-round loss, to be
0: honest with you. Sorry, if we, it, just pause for a second. This win tonight, you just mean in general if they win the series, though, right? Like, if they lose tonight and they win on— Yeah, like, we're yeah. just saying a win in general of winning a, the series. One more win okay, out of it. three.
1: And again, I don't even think it matters. Whether it's Game 5, Game 6, Game 7, this will all apply. It'll mean the same things to the same people. A win keeps Sheldon Keefe in the league. And I think if we're talking about consequences, I mean, I think that's the most profound one, right?
0: I had Kyle Dubas at the top for me. Why is that? I mean, he doesn't have a contract, and he's put a lot on the line this season. And he's had some great showings so far with his trade deadline acquisitions. And one of his goaltenders that we kind of had the the gamble on has has come up big so far. But, I mean, a playoff series win... Will mean a lot to Kyle Dubas's future.
1: <laughs> I have Kyle Dubas as number six, and he's the third executive or six. non-player oh on God, the list. This is
0: like a full-on like it's NFL draft ranking that we're doing. Yeah, it
1: is a full on okay, It's I a like power that. ranking. Good you literally you. said power ranking. Yeah, he's no, number no, six. Perfect. He's number six because Kyle Dubas will be an, a general manager in the NHL next year for sure. Yeah, I get it that. it. Might even be better for him that he moves on. Because, I mean, if this team can't win, can any team ever win? Like, how is he going to repeat what he did? How is he going to do better than what he did this year? He invested a lot, first-round picks, all that stuff. Like, everything is into this season when it comes to the Maple Leafs for him. And he's proven himself on such a level, unlike Keefe. Keith, and Keefe's still in a paycheck, so that's an important little caveat there. But Dubas has proved himself as a capable general manager. He's going to have another another job after this one. He's going to have another job after that one. Like, he is one of Keith the... Went? I think Keefe will get back in the league eventually, but it's not right away. There was no chance.
0: He's not the Nick Nurse pedigree. I don't even know if Nick Nurse will. I think Nick Nick Nurse 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 can take a job, no problem, this offseason. Well, well, where? Whoever, maybe the Milwaukee Bucks.
1: Maybe. Number two (laughs) on my list is John Tavares. The most important result, or the result is most important to John Tavares in terms of all the players because he's running out of time to have a major impact On this organization. Couple years left. His he's only getting like there's no there's no expectation that he's going to be better next year than he was this year. Like he is. I don't know how sharp the decline is. It is a decline, albeit even only slightly if you're a John Tavares apologist. But he's running out of time to make sure that that major investment was not one made in vain. He's running out of time.
0: He's uh same age as Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson turned it around.
1: He is, but do you are they the same player? No, I'm kidding. They're not like yeah, like maybe they be Fountain of Youth. Maybe. <laughs> but I think he's running out of time. Yes. And a lot of the pressure. If it's mounting on anyone, I think it's mounting on John Tavares.
0: I I certainly have him up in my one or two players. I think I unfortunately it's a cop out. I said core four, but I mean Austin Matthews. And his future with the Maple Leafs would be really great to see him get through one round, see him have a moment tonight to be the all-star, the best player on the ice. And we're going to talk about his contract a lot in the future. And we've heard rumors that a lot of this playoff success will determine maybe how he feels comfortably about being a Maple Leafs long-term. It's not my highest level of concern, but it would be really great to see that. So
1: Greg said, Wyshynski said, Matthews is number one when I asked Mm -hmm. him this. You bring up Matthews Mm -hmm. as on par with Tavares. Matthews isn't even in my top 10. And Matthews isn't in my top 10 because there are no consequences, really. Like really? Matthew, Matthews is kind of above everything, right? Like Matthews is going to get whatever he wants if, he, if he's going to sign on the dotted line for the Maple Leafs this summer. Do you not expect that? Mm-hmm. Like, do you think they're going to be like, oh, Ma- Austin, I mean, we haven't had any success no, in I the playoffs, don't right? think so, so at So we, we can't give you the $14 million you want. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. They're going to give him – Whatever he wants, because he's Austin Matthews, and he has way more opportunity. But what if he doesn't
0: want it in Toronto,
1: that but that doesn't that's not what the question is. The question is, who does it mean the most for? And if he wants to leave, then clearly the win doesn't mm-hmm. matter at all because his reputation I... will be decided at a different location, at a different date, with a different team. Whatever he's still kind of above all this no, in terms I, of. And
0: wins. I see when you said who does a, who does this win mean the most for. I completely see that it doesn't I'm trying to put it in a context of like as a leaf, but Okay. And, and no, you're you're correct with that. It doesn't matter for him in terms of like money wise or his legacy because he's won a hard trophy last year and he's still one of the best players in the league. But I'm trying to be like who does this mean the most for for their Maple Leafs you're, career? Yeah, you're
1: putting your feelings yeah, on. A you're projecting bit. I your am. feelings on the Matthews, which is fair. But yeah. Same
0: word why my reason was like Dubas, because I, I pictured him in the Leafs. He well,
1: wants to win as a Leaf. Yes, that's fair. And that's hopefully why those two they, are there. they do want to win as Leafs. Third on my list is Mitch Marner, because I think he wears the failures more than anyone else, right? We talked about mm-hmm. him deleting social media, we talked about him having difficulty dealing with the media sometimes in terms of what was that thing that uh Luke Fox said at the start of the season? Oh, here are all the piranhas? Piranhas.
0: I don't remember that. Wow. You don't a long remember time that. Ago.
1: I was that was I thought that was one of the best yeah. quotes we got from Luke. When mm-hmm. he said he's he came into dressing room and, and called the media piranhas. <laughs> I'm like, okay. That's, spicy. that's that's spicy, right? So it affects him. So I think if he was able to get that victory all like the walls closing in type of thing that seems to be happening with Mitch Marner, or has happened with Mitch Marner. I think he removes himself from that.
0: I have the fan base higher than
1: most. I said, of these. In, I said individuals.
0: Okay, <laughs> individual fan listening to the Fan Morning Show okay. that likes the fans Leafs. are
1: higher than Mitch Marner.
0: Yeah, I just think you've talked about this. The fans are hungry and deserving of something good from this Maple Leafs organization. It's been ripped from their grasp. People are so loyal. We have listeners that have been Leafs fans since they came out of the womb. Mm -hmm. And they have suffered at the hands of this team for a very, very long time. So a win tonight or in the next two games will mean so much for the city of Toronto. Every establishment in Toronto that's going to benefit greatly. Us as radio hosts would love to talk about the Maple Leafs for more than one playoff round. I just think there's, there's so much external other than the players and organization that will benefit greatly. And maybe I'm just like, if, I, I want the best for, I want fans people trump, to be happy. The fans
1: trump everything. Mm-hmm. Like uh, this, again, this list is the individuals within the organization, but it means more to the fans always as a collective because you add up everyone mm-hmm. in your friend group, everyone at the bar, everyone.
0: It's like infinite.
1: In the city, it adds up to being way more than any mm-hmm. of these individuals. Next up, I have Brendan Shanahan. I think he's the only other one who could potentially not be in the league next year if they lose. But, like, he's already won Stanley Cups and has had brilliant executive career and mm-hmm. has worked for the NHL and now the Maple Leafs and restored order. Like, he's already immensely successful. he got
0: the Shanna plan.
1: But the Shanna plan could basically mm-hmm. die with this, right? Like, I don't know what's going to happen to Brandon Shanahan, but the Shanna plan could end up being final chapter, failure, yep. done. If they don't get past the Lightning. It's possible.
0: Especially because, think of the stakes. This isn't like a 2-2 series right now. This is a 3-1 series, palm of your hands. And if you, we're not even thinking about the way in which that this series would end, would be in dramatic fashion too. Mm-hmm. If like you have it in your hands at home on Game 5, and if you were to, I don't even want to say it, but if you were to lose this series, it's not...
1: It's an indictment.
0: It—it It, it is, this is going to be up there in the worst ever. Mm-hmm. so it gets even more dramatic. It gets even more drastic. Changes need to be even more explosive, so I think you're not wrong. <laughs> and that's
1: kind of, yeah, that's kind of the thing, right? They've put themselves in a position to get through, but they've also set themselves up, if it goes poorly, for a
0: chaos,
1: to have the worst of the yeah. worst chapters.
0: So this this could this certainly paints how big of this would a win would mean for some of the executives and the higher-ups because, I mean, things kind of are all on the table at that point.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, my list so far is Sheldon. John Tavares, Mitch Marner, Brendan Shanahan. Number five, William Nylander. Uh, we talked about consequences. I, unfortunately, I love William Nylander. I think he's a great player. I hope he's a leaf for a very long time. But if there's change and someone says, hey, you actually have to make change. Like you can't get rid he of John Tavares. seems
0: like he's the guy. You can't. Mm-hmm.
1: Austin Matthews, you're going to rush at the opportunity to keep him here. And then it comes down to two guys. And if there's going to be material change to this group, if someone's like ownership says you're hired, but you have to do something because Mm -hmm. we can't run out the same program, then unfortunately, does that not fall on William Nylander? So I actually think there are unfair, but consequences nonetheless.
0: And I think that's certainly something we've talked about for the last couple of years, right? And it it doesn't feel fair because he has been a pretty consistent performer, and he isn't a guy that is a detriment to the Leafs roster, but as as you said, there's a point where something has to to give, and it it could be him. it, It would be unfortunate if it is him, but...
1: Kyle Dubas number six for me. We talked about him. Number seven is Elias Samsonov. He's one of the only guys who's actually like playing for a contract. So monetary monetary gain is is on the table here for Elias Samsonov, proving that he is a number one starter in the NHL, that he can win playoff games. Excuse me, knocking over water bottles. Um, I think he has a lot to gain if they win this series. He might be the goaltender of record in the future for the Maple Leafs, or he goes to free agency if there's a decision made and makes a lot of money. I think if he outduels Andre Vasilevsky, he puts that at the top of his resume, and all of a sudden, he's making himself some serious buck.
0: Do you have Ryan O'Reilly on your list? He's coming. Hurry up and get to him.
1: Number eight's Michael Bunting.
0: Oof. Uh, yeah.
1: I, I don't know how it's going to play out with him in terms of getting in the lineup, but if they, don't, if they do win and he can just start fresh... He still has speak. a lot. He still has a lot to gain into, to, uh, from a financial standpoint and reputation, kind of on the line as well. Number nine is Morgan Riley. He's been a part of this group for so long. I feel like he's a little less. Like he's already done the thing where he's took it, taken less. He's mm-hmm. already done the thing where he elevates at the right times. So he's kind of a little bit separate from a lot of the criticism. But he's, well, he's still
0: had a play, great playoff run so far.
1: But he's still the longest serving Maple Leaf and has not won anything.
0: Uh, yesterday I was at the dog park, and I was speaking with Morgan Riley's father.
1: Really. Any insight?
0: I didn't acknowledge that it was his father. I thought we just had a really nice conversation, and
1: how did you find out?
0: I because he was wearing a Leafs dad's trip hat and a shirt that said Riley. Hold on,
1: hold on, hold on, hold on. You're in sports media, you host a radio yeah. show in Toronto. I was being very respectful. Leafs dad hat is mm-hmm. being worn, and you didn't be like you weren't like nope. Who's uh,
0: this? Who's is your quickly son? how it happened. I was walking my dog Bunker, and he ran up to this gentleman with a dog, and I was like oh wow your dog's so cute and i looked at him it's probably morgan's dog too. it was and i looked it up afterwards and he's wearing a like dad's trip hat and i looked him in the eyes and i'm like oh, that's morgan riley's dad because he had a little shirt on that said riley and then he was wearing a leafs backpack so i was like okay this man is the father of the team and so he just he he's not exactly hiding
1: he kind of well, yeah, i don't we were think in the you would have hated Street at
0: the stanley park like it was a pretty popular park and uh he goes good for you you're wearing your leafs hat and I was like, yeah, you know, big win for the guys, and feeling good about tomorrow. Like we just had a regular conversation, like we were two fans, and I just let I just let it be. And I was like, hey, uh, you know, I should have said, well, you come on the show, sorry, Danielle, but I just was like, you know what? Like I just wanted to have a vibes talk, and
1: could have been like, Morgan's been playing great.
0: Okay, I didn't want to be like, oh my god, how about the Morgan Riley storyline? I just thought it was nice I to have just, a normal conversation compliment. with the guy. Yeah, but then I, he would have been like, oh.
1: No, he. The guys wearing a dad hat. Justin, I just thought was, I
0: thought it was nice to treat him just like any other guy in the park. Like we just had a good conversation about five minutes. Talked about our dogs. Like I was like, "Oh, your dog's so cute." Blah, blah, blah. Like we just had a regular human conversation, and he went about his way. And I thought that's Aren't good. Aren't you thoughtful? It's very nice vibes. Like I didn't be like, "So uh, would Morgan Riley uh, change in the off season, or uh, you know, how's Tessa?" I, it's <laughs> not.
1: It's not that. It's shout out Morgan Rice playing well. Okay, number ten is Ryan O'Reilly. And Ryan O'Reilly doesn't have really anything to gain. Hired gun. He's already loved and mm-hmm. beloved in the dressing room. But if we're talking like legacy, he's the only guy we could talk about. If legacy is on the line for anyone in terms of building something meaningful, not say he's Hall of Fame is probably, that's not a thing. Not a thing to do that. But if you win multiple Conspeite trophies, if you win multiple Stanley Cups, Cops with it two with different teams.
0: Hometown kid too.
1: If you're, yeah, if you're the guy, like you can start to build, and he already has, but you are adding another major, major building block on building like the reputation as one of the game's ultimate winners. And mm-hmm. if you help bring a Stanley Cup to Toronto, well, uh, you can write your ticket, right? So Ryan O'Reilly also on that list for me. Did I miss anyone? Individual? Oh, I think you nailed it. Eleven? Who's eleven? Us. Luke
0: Shen. Oh, that would be really great for Luke Shen. Yeah, what a journey from being drafted to going to spend half your career elsewhere, and well, more than half your career, and then come back home and win in the blue and white. I think that'd be really sweet. Well, we'll see if that we get to reflect on our wins tomorrow morning. Uh, Maple Leafs, seven p.m. Leafs Lightning game five. Everything's in the palm of their hand. Here's the championship DNA versus an unwritten. Maple Leafs storyline, and hopefully we get to continue with that tomorrow morning. We will take your calls either way at 7.30 tomorrow morning. We hope it's a good, feel-good Friday vibe. Let's pick our Wake and Rake parlay, and mine is going to be... Oh, here's Wake and Rake. I was too excited. <laughs> mine is going to be Leafs Moneyline. I'm going with... The series ending tonight on home ice. We're going to see something we haven't seen in a very, very long time. We're going to be in attendance. The Maple Leafs in regulation or the Maple Leafs money line. I'm just going to go Maple Leafs money line. I'm not going to get too greedy. I'm on a nice little win streak with uh, with Blue Jays props. I went Blue Jays run line three days in a row, and that – crushed, so I'm just going to go leave straight at Moneyline. i got to pay a little juice for it, but this is it. It's a big, iconic evening. I'd like to be there to witness it.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're celebrating an overtime victory, but you lose the bet, that's not going to feel very no. good. Not that it'll really matter, but yeah, Moneyline sounds good to me. I'll add a little plus money to help balance things mm. out. Uh, the guy who stands the benefit the most, who's going to be actually wearing a blue and white sweater tonight, mm-hmm. I mentioned, John Tavares. Okay, uh, He averaged five shots per game on home ice. He's playing with two offensively-minded players. He's going to have better matchups than he did in Tampa. Uh, He will add to his shot total tonight, not guaranteeing a goal, not guaranteeing a point, but after getting four and six shots on home ice, he surpasses 3.5, and And the over 3.5 is at plus 120. So John Tavares gets a few pucks on net, add that to the same game parlay for the Maple Leafs tonight.
0: Okay, let's rip through a couple of our submissions. Uh, We've got Giants... San Francisco Giants money line. That's Dan from Stainer.
1: Good morning, Justin and Alish from Cambridge. Uh, Dejounte Murray back for Game Six, and they play well at home. They being the Atlanta Hawks, so money line over the Celtics to force a Game Seven. Career Chris. Wow.
0: Okay, lengthy text here from uh, our guy. Uh, it's going to go. Sorry, Matthews over shots and O'Reilly over a point, and says Happy Baby Friday. Go Leafs, go. So that's their parlay. Uh, long text. So I'm just trying to shorten it up here.
1: Another yeah. one here from Prosciutto Poppy. Always slicing it extra thin. He likes the Vegas Golden Knights in regulation. The Jets are defeated and depleted. Uh, so, yeah, Prosciutto Poppy likes the Golden Knights to finish things off.
0: All right. Ron and Jules have Atlanta Hawks plus six and a half. And Jules, a fresh off a of Warriors win, will take Leafs on the spread with an empty net goal to clinch the series. Love that.
1: That would be a hell of an empty net goal. Okay. So, we have Matthews and O'Reilly... We have overshots, Matthews, over, sh- over points, Ryan O'Reilly. Do you want to do the same game parlay just because it's game let's just five?
0: Do, yeah, let's do the same hexes game parlay and for and curses
1: Leafs. and everything is on the line here. 100%. Okay, so we got Tavares over shots, Leafs to win on the money line.
0: And a Roy- an O'Reilly point?
1: I think the safer play is the Matthews
0: shots. Can you parlay two shots, props, in the same game parlay? If you can, let's do that.
1: I can't see why you wouldn't be able to do that.
0: Um, can you tell me what the... Here, so let me just get the points, when uh, the the shots here, um, okay, Matthews. Shots. Is it four and a half Austin for Matthews? Matthews? Four
1: and a half, minus one fifteen. So Matthews um, okay. five shots, Tavares four shots, and a Leaf victory. You can cash a parlay while okay. celebrating the Maple Leafs heading to the second round.
0: And so all that Leafs in regulation and Tavares and Matthews over shots. Our same game parlay, Wake and Rake, is plus six oh eight.
1: Whew. Love it. That's a good one. Um, hopefully, it hits because I don't. We've been struggling a little bit in terms of actually hitting all three. It's been a good month for me. You've been you've bounced back here, but it's time to get all the ducks mm-hmm. in a row. Uh, the NFL draft is also tonight. Mm-hmm. Are you betting the NFL
0: draft? I'm betting the only things that you told me to bet.
1: Now, uh, no, <laughs> I, 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 I don't. I don't think you should frame it that way.
0: Well, no, you did some research and I didn't, so give oh, me credit.
1: I'm, I'm looking at some line movement now too, which kind of hurts me. Okay, I do have one pick. Okay, I'm you know I've been listening to other people. I'm no draft expert, of course. It's fine, but just listening to people like try to plug these different players in place, and it felt like no one had any concrete information on where to put Will Anderson, Alabama, uh, stud, maybe the most guaranteed NFL prospect there. However, it seems like everyone's chasing something else, like four quarterbacks maybe in the first five, six picks. Um, Bijan Robinson, maybe eight to Atlanta. Like, for some reason, this guy is just being overlooked a little bit, so I was looking at where he could slide to, and number nine was like a ridiculous price to the Chicago Bears, and the Chicago Bears apparently like Will Anderson. So I put a couple shekels down on that. However, I'm seeing now... The shortest odds to go second overall belong to Will Anderson. So that might not be a great bet. However, I did go plus 150 to one, Will Anderson, to go to the Chicago Bears at nine. I thought it was a good pick. Okay. So that's the whole thing I'm hoping for. Okay. Now he's going to go second overall. But
0: I hope that oh well. is the case. Okay. <laughs>
1: We're in it together. We're in it together. We're also in just it and on Gary Woodland. Just five bucks at oh, yes. the Mexico Open. We like Gary Woodland there this weekend. Go. We didn't
0: do our picks, but we're just team betting Gary Woodland. All right, folks, uh, Maple Leafs, this is it. A uh, big moment for them here in the city of Toronto, 7 p.m. on Sportsnet, CBC, Sportsnet Now, Sportsnet 590. The Fan, Brent Gunning and Gord Stellick will have our pregame coverage beginning at 6.30 p.m. They'll also bring you Leafs Nation postgame immediately following the final buzzer we hope that the vibes are extremely high in that show and we'll bring it to you tomorrow morning 6 a.m we'll have the calls open at 7 30 we hope we're celebrating something that we haven't seen in a very very long time have a happy baby friday we'll be back tomorrow morning